Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Amen. Hey, do you have a Bible today? I hope you brought a Bible with you to church. If, uh, if you didn't bring a Bible physically with you to wherever you're doing church, chances are you're watching church at home and so you could find one. And unless you are watching this on the actual only piece of electronic equipment you have, chances are you could find a Bible on that as well. And if not, I'm going to read it for you, okay? I want, to, I want to open up a few passages of Scripture to you. And today specifically, I want to speak a message uh, called The Road to Comfort. The Road to Comfort. I believe with all my heart that God wants to comfort us right here and now. And by us, I mean myself, my wife, my kids. I mean my community, my neighborhood, our church. I truly believe that God is a God of comfort and he's longing to comfort us. And I'm going to give you some biblical backing for that because it's not just a great idea that God would want to comfort us. It is the gospel. Check this out in... uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, you could turn there with me. The book of 2 Corinthians, and uh, you're going to go to the, oh, let me find it here. You know, I wrote it down, I made a note, and my own writing is just a little bit messy. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Are you there? You probably beat me there. Check it out. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. And if we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering that we suffer. And our hope is for you, and it's firm because we know that just as we share, uh, or as you share, sorry, in our suffering, we also share in our comfort. This is a message of comfort. Uh, the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, is the God of all comfort. And he's, comfort- he's comforted me, he's comforted us, so that we could be a comfort to others as well. In fact, today I'm believing that in this simple message called the road to comfort, you're going to find yourself encouraged to comfort someone else. Can you agree with me in faith for that? Come on, can we pray for that? Jesus, I ask that you'd speak to us in the next few moments through your word and that we would find comfort in the promises of your word, so much so that we would find ourselves extending that comfort to others. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hear people all the time talking about things that make them feel more comfortable or less comfortable. I hear people all the time uh, making statements about the happenings in our world around us, saying things like, I'm just not comfortable with, or saying things like, oh, this is good, it makes me feel more comfortable, or at least it's comforting to know. And in the midst of all those circumstances, I want you to know that comfort, it doesn't come from a change in circumstance. Comfort comes from a relationship with God, the God of all comfort, who has comforted us so we could comfort others. God is inviting you and I into his comfort, and that comfort has a invitation to the world around us. Now, if ever there was a a message that should be received by everyone, it ought to be this message 
of comfort. If you have your Bible, turn over to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. Isaiah chapter 40. And I told you at the beginning of the service, this is going to be a short message. And I'm just going to reiterate that promise. It's now officially on tape. And so you can hold me to it. This is not going to be a long message. It is a message of comfort. Sometimes I find when when people are trying to make or bring comfort to someone else, they just talk a little bit too much and they just ramble on just a little bit too long. And it goes from being comforting to being just a little bit confusing, comforting to being a little overwhelming. I don't want to do that today because I, I really believe this heavenly comfort God wants to minister to you and I is life altering. It certainly changes us in the middle of our circumstances. Isaiah chapter 40, we're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to go all the way down to the end of verse Can I read it for you today? I know you're reading along if you have a Bible. Check this out. Comfort, comfort my people, says God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill be made low. And the rough ground shall become level. And the rugged places, a plain. The God, or the glory I should say, of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And then I said, what shall I cry? It answered, all people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is a message from the prophet Isaiah coming after 39 chapters that really weren't the most encouraging message. In fact, if you were to study the the first part of the book of Isaiah up until chapter 40, you would see a prophet named Isaiah who's boldly, continually reminding and beckoning people to hear the word of the Lord because the way they're going is leading towards destruction. He's prophesying and letting them know there's bad stuff ahead. And then it comes to verse or chapter 40, And the message of God through Isaiah is this. I want you to remind people that that even though there's bad stuff happening around them, even though they're they're certainly about to fall into exile, they're going to have a season separated from their promise, separated from their comfort. I want you to know and I want them to be assured that I'm still the God of comfort and that their comfort still comes from me. And that it's not the political climate they find themselves in that'll make them begin to feel like they're important or valued or matter or that that God is for them and he's on their side. It's the fact that I am going to keep my promise to them. I want you to hear this today. God wants to comfort you right now. You might be experiencing grief. You need to know that the heart of God towards you is that you would experience comfort. You might be struggling with some anxiety. You need to know God's heart for you is that you would be comforted in the midst of that anxiety. Maybe it feels like circumstances are swirling around you and you're just looking for some constant to hold on to. God truly is that constant that you can hold on to. 
and not let go of and trust and believe that he's going to meet you in comfort. So hear, hear this message for 39 chapters. It's hard things. They're real. You're walking through some really tough stuff. It's hard to navigate. It's hard to know what's next. And, and some of it, man, it's our fault. And some of it had nothing to do with us. It's, it's just being done to us. And some of it is circumstantial. And some of it is devastating. But you need to know the voice of God is saying this, comfort, comfort. Here's some reasons for comfort. And I think the greatest reasons that we could hold on to for comfort. It says this, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her, number one, that her hard service has been completed. You need to know this, that the, the hard work that you've been putting forward, perhaps in the area of righteousness, that the hard work you've been putting forward to be a, quote, good person, that that hard work that you're just putting out there and trying to do all the right things and make all the right choices, and maybe you felt like, why is someone else getting credit when I'm the one who's working? And why is the, the hard work I'm putting forward not happening? Maybe you phrase it this way. Why do bad things happen to good people? And why are good things happening to bad people? You need to know this, that God has promised you and I that there is an end to that hard service. There is an end to the laborious task of trying to live right. It has a, a completion to it. It says there's a completion to her hard service. Number two, there's this reason for comfort, that our sin has been paid for. You need to know this, that, that though sin results in heartache and sin in, in both our lives and the lives of the people around us that interconnect with ours, sin causes heartache. Sin causes heartbreak, but God has paid for sin. He's paid for the, the brokenness of humanity so that we could live in his righteousness. So the hard labor and effort towards doing right, it's been completed. The payment for sin, it's been paid. And then this third reason, just, just going on to like completely reassure everyone is this. It says that, that uh, she has received double for all her sins. I used to ponder, like, what, what on earth does this mean? Like, receiving double, does this mean that someone's being paid back double for the things they did wrong? Is, is this somehow meaning that there's like a double payment required when you make a mistake? But interestingly, this word double, it comes from the, the Hebrew word to be folded over. It, it's, like, it's like a piece of paper when you, when you fold it over correctly and you make sure that you fold it truly in half edge by edge and you fold it with some precision look at that nice clean fold both of the sides are exactly the same the implication is this that that the entirety of the debt that is incurred through sin has been entirely corner to corner edge to edge perfectly symmetrically paid for in every way every edge touching completely holy and sufficiently i remember one time somebody suggested hey i want to take you out for lunch and i'm paying and i want you to know ahead of time i got this and uh and so usually i engage in the banter of who's really going to pay and i got tricks for days to make sure that i, I get the payment I, i'll call ahead to restaurants i'll talk ahead of time to, to waitresses i'll do the uh, the fake bathroom trip to make sure i make my way around to pay but this particular time i just determined this person is asked to pay i'm gonna let them pay 
I'm not sure what my grandfather would have said to that because he always taught me that everyone ought to fight for that bill. But this time I was just determined, I'm going to let this person bless me. They've said they wanted to. And so we enjoyed a great meal and, and the, the bill came and the food had been great. The service had been great. The conversation had been great. And now I was enjoying the blessing of someone else paying. And they, they looked at the exact number uh, that was on the bill and they pulled out the exact amount that was for the bill and they paid every cent. But here's the thing, they included no tip at all. And this was so foreign for me, so strange. I, I never want to sit under good service and, and receive good food and have an incredible interaction with the, 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 the people who serve that food and then leave them no tip. And so here I was in a setting where I was being invited into blessing, but I still felt like the full bill hadn't been paid so much so that I circled back around and made sure I, I found our server and said, hey, I want you to know you did a great job. I'm going to pay pay some extra because you deserve that tip. Have you ever had that, that type of thing like where someone's offering, I got this, but they don't really got it? Like they got some of it? Here, here's what the Bible is saying. Like Jesus, he really, truly paid all of it. It's doubled over. You can know the edge to edge to edge, everything that was, a, was accosted to us by sin, everything that was on our account because of our own flaws. God's paid for it all, completely doubled over, perfectly met. There is no longer any payment left for sin. This is incredible news. It's really the foundation for the only type of comfort that endures. It's not God saying, hey, I'm going to make the, the future a little bit easier for you. Hey, I'm going to just go ahead and and try to bring some external things that'll make you feel temporarily more rested. It's God reminding you that we have every reason to be comforted because there's an end to that laborious task of trying to do what's right. All our sin has been paid for. And in case we were questioning, like really for real, all our sin has been paid for. Everything that was uh, on our account, <coughs> excuse me, everything on our account for the negative has been covered over by the righteousness of Christ. I remember singing an old song in church, Jesus paid it all, so all to him I owe. Jesus really paid it all. And so this comfort that was being spoken into the, the people of Jerusalem, even though they were still going to walk through hard situations, was the promise of of who God is. And then that comfort fulfilled in the person of Jesus and his ministry was a reminder again, here's who I am. And then that comfort communicated to us thousands of years later is that the enduring work of Jesus is still enough. It's still enough. God's grace is still enough for us. There is an end to the labor of trying to just do things right. There is a payment for our sin that has been made in the person of Jesus. And that payment was in every way sufficient, covering over it all. Imagine if Jesus said, hey, I know you got, you got a fair bit of sin, like, like some real noteworthy flaws. And, and it's not just me that notices them. Other people do too. I'm going to help get you started. I'll give you just a little loan of righteousness. I'll get you started down that pathway, but then the rest is on you. You're going to have to get yourself out of this. It just doesn't sound like God, does it? That's not the gospel. And yet so many of us kind of live as though that were the message of grace, that Jesus forgave us, but my goodness, we got a lot of work to do, and it's going to take a lot out of us. The message to you and I, this message of comfort, there's a road to comfort. In this summer road trip series, we've just been talking about journey experiences, and this road to comfort is a recognition that, that Jesus 
paid at all. And then it goes on to describe this, and I think really a beautiful sort of profound word picture is given. Verse 3, a voice of one crying this, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Hey, check this out. This is pretty cool. In that time, if a king was going to move from one destination to another, or even the things that belonged to a king, like the army of the king or an entourage that would be going with the king, before they would make their way across a desert, they would send first a, a group of people to labor in that desert and to prepare a highway. The highway was a raised roadway that would go over uh, dangerous or impossible terrain, truly even difficult terrain. It would make a, a, the easiest, straightest pathway. <laughs> you're going, yeah, you're just describing roads. Truly, I am describing roads. But in that time, it was already practiced that if uh, a king was making his way from one city to another, he would send laborers ahead to make a possible pathway for an easy way. Here's what God is saying. There is comfort for you even in the wilderness, because God himself is going before us to make a way so that we can ride on that road with him. Isn't that awesome? That God wants to make a way in the wilderness? And you might be saying, well, my wilderness feels fairly unique. Well, let me tell you a few things that are true of every highway ever built. Number one, that highway is built with great expense. There's just no way around it. You, you can't imagine any wilderness being traversed or any desert being traveled across without great expense. Such a great expense that there was forethought and strategy put into the type of people that needed to go and prepare and the equipment they would need and the resource required. The same is true in your life and in mine. And, and maybe the unique nuance of, of the the, the things that are going on in your life is different from the ones that are going on in mine. But God, the expert builder, is making a way in your wilderness and mine so that the comfort of salvation could be communicated to us. For sure, there's an expense. Number two, true of every road ever built, there is a unique environment. And like I said, you've got some unique pains, some unique pains that are uh, assaulting your comfort right now. And so do I. You've got some unique stresses that are true to you or your family or your business that are not the exact same as mine. And yet God, in his desire to meet us with comfort, to communicate the comfort that, that he is over and that he is overall, he has actually made a way at his expense in your environment. At God's expense in my environment, he's making a path straight. Check what it says, says next. It says, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain shall be made low and the rough ground shall become level and the rugged places shall become a plain. Check this out. This is unbelievable uniqueness that, that God encounters when he says yes to me or when he says yes to you. When he chose to live in a relationship with us, he said yes to you really unique hard, difficult terrain, rugged places, mountains for some, valleys for other. And, and, and God said this at his expense, no matter what the environment, he would apply his expertise to make that road work. That's another thing that's true of every road. 
There's an expertise to it. There's an engineered expertise to how you can make that possible. Have you ever watched somebody who's uh, been like surveying land and they've got that pole with a unique instrument on the top and they're looking through it and they're making notation? That engineer has some expertise in their preparation. Jesus had some expertise in his preparation in my life and yours. And he just said this, no matter what type of wilderness you find yourself in, I'm going to make a way. At my expense, through your environment, with my expertise. And then it goes on to say this, verse 5, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And it goes on to describe not only that a road involves expense, and it's navigated through an environment, and it's uh, led by someone with expertise, but lastly, that the road endures. In fact, look at the, the picture that is given to the endurance of this road. God draws a comparison between the greatest efforts of humanity and his own efforts. Check this out. It says this, all people are like grass and all their faithfulness is just like the flower of the fields. The grass withers and the flower falls because the breath of the Lord just blows on it. Surely, the people are just grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord, oh, it endures forever. You know, in our house, we have kind of a small front yard. And it seems like no matter how hard I try, I just can't keep grass on that front yard. I've got so many little sets of feet in my family that just walking out and moving about our yard, we trample the grass down. And last year when we first started this lockdown that required kids being at home during school we would go outside and you know this little patch of grass at least that we can occupy let's do things here and so we'd be passing a volleyball around kicking a soccer ball around doing exercises all sorts of things and we managed to trample this grass right down from green grass to bare dirt and for the last year i've been trying to to, to bring it back to life and it just seems like that grass withered so fast one hot day and it's gone again. And God says this, our best efforts, all of humanity's best effort to be comfortable, ah, oh, it's just like grass. It withers. It just browns. It fades. It doesn't endure. But God's word endures forever. Here's what's true of this highway of comfort that God is inviting you and I on. The road trip to comfort that God is inviting you and I on. He has an incredible expense that he's incurred, so much so that he paid every little bit required for our brokenness. Everything is covered through the unique environment of your life and mine at his expertise, and it lasts forever. How incredible is God that he is making a way to comfort that you and I will experience forever. And it says this, all people will see this, this way to comfort, this way living a relationship with God, it's evident for all to see. Now, now, let me show you how Peter applies this. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm almost closing right now. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Peter quotes this very passage of Scripture and makes an application that I think you and I need to invite into our own lives. Check it out. Verse 22. It says, Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth and you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply, from the heart. Doesn't that kind of sound like Paul saying, since we've experienced comfort, we should share it? Here, Peter is saying, since we've experienced love, we should share it. 
Hmm, interesting clue. Maybe deep, unique, uh, true, genuine love for the people around us is what comfort feels like. Check this out. It says, for you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable. In other words, not like my grass seed that perishes quickly, but good enduring seed, the seed of the word of God. For all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flower of the fields. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourself of malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander out of every kind. And like newborn babies, babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Vivid Church, if we've experienced any love from God, any comfort from God, any encouragement from his presence, we need to continue to walk in that and let that grow up and mature in us so that we could be the type of people who say, I'm not just a recipient of God's love, I am a reflection of God's love. I'm not just the the target of God's comfort, I am the, 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 uh, the reflector or the enhancer of that type of comfort to the people around me. It's a good word. In fact, let me, let me tie it up one last way, and with this I close. If, if we were in a live setting, I'd say, keyboard player, you can come right now. Let's get real spiritual. But check this out. This same message, this same passage is reflected also at the very beginning of the book of Mark. And it sets the the tone for Jesus' very first preached word. It says this, verse 1, Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. As it's written in Isaiah, I will send my messenger ahead of you to prepare a way. A voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. He preached a gospel of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins and being baptized. It goes on to describe John and describe Jesus coming out to be baptized. And then it says... This, verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and he proclaimed the good news of God. You ready for the good news? The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus is literally saying the roadway has been built for the king, Jesus, to make his approach. Now join me on that pathway of comfort. How do we do so? We repent and we believe. Repentance is the receiving of grace that comes in that payment that was made for us completely, totally, utterly. The work is done, the payment is done, and it's doubled over totally and completely. But what's belief? Belief for you and I is to not let our emotions be dictated by our circumstance. But remember, comfort, comfort. There has been a a roadway made at a great expense through a very unique environment with absolute expertise engineering. And that way endures. So whatever you find yourself through today, I need you to know this. You're going to get through this because God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. We are recipients of God's comfort. We're also called to be reflectors of that comfort. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for this road to comfort that you made a way for. I thank you for your life given for us, a life lived in perfection and a death embracing the the payment on the cross. You made a way for us to live in whole relationship with you. I thank you.
that in my life and in the lives of those listening, there is a pathway made through this wilderness and it's a highway of holiness, a highway of comfort and hope. I pray, God, that we would not only repent and find our on-ramp onto that road, but we would believe and walk with you on it. Your word endures forever. I pray, Lord, that we would not be rising and falling with the anxieties of the world around us, but we would consistently and confidently move forward knowing that you alone are a comfort. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you. The very first message he ever preached is that he's near. He's not far off. You don't need to, to, at your own effort, try to reach him. God has made a way. And you can actually pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I give you my life. And in doing so, you have begun a relationship with him. And now comes the believe part. Walk that out with him. In fact, we'd love as a church to walk that out with you. You can leave a message in this chat or send us an email and say, I just prayed that prayer. We want to encourage you in, in the, the steps to come. And for each one of us, there is a believe portion that I think we all need to embrace with a little more energy, with a little more zeal, with a little more passion. Like, like our hope has never been in, in, in government organizations. Our hope has never been in an easy way through life. Our hope has never come from circumstances shifting so that things got a bit better and that there was no wilderness. Our hope has always come in the roadway that was made through that wilderness, the person of Jesus. Let's keep on believing. Come on, let me pray one last time. Jesus, walk with us, go with us, before us, behind us, and beside us. I thank you that you never leave us, and I pray for incredible comfort in the days to come. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.